This is the Happily Living Podcast, where we discuss how to better ourselves by developing routines that set us up for a better existence, uncovering deeper connections with nature, and growing awareness, leaving you with a new relationship between you and the world. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode on the Happily Living Podcast, Season 1 of Love Your Mother. I am your host, Gabrielle Brown, and I just want to tell you guys, I am in Italy. It's so beautiful. Rome was beautiful. We're already in Tuscany. We got here yesterday. I thought I was getting allergies, but now I feel like actually sick. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm stressing. I, I know I am stressing. I'm stressing. There's been a lot going on. Um, there is a lot of noise in the background. I'm trying my best, but there may be some noises that you will hear. I think they're cleaning the rooms right now, but you know, I, I've been enjoying it, but there are times where no matter where we are, we're stressed. Or no matter our environment, our mood just doesn't match. And we don't know why. We don't know why we're feeling like not the best, but we do. And it sucks because you can't figure it out. It sucks that like, you're like, I'm here. I'm in freaking Italy and I'm literally in such a mood. I'm in such a tizzy and I don't know why. I feel ungrateful. You start like getting mad at yourself, but at the same time, you have to like give yourself grace and being like, okay, there may be an energy shift right now. There may be things going on that I haven't, you know, fully squashed in my previous years, like in childhood or whatever it is, any past trauma that's like coming out right now. And this is a moment for me to kind of better understand myself and where I'm coming from, even if I don't know where to start. So with that being said, as you read in the title, this week we are discussing respect and growth within ourselves and the environment. And I love this topic and I'm very thrilled to share it with you all, but I do feel like I say that in every episode, which is super funny because it's so true every time, which is definitely something I love for myself. We love that. Getting to talk to you guys about things that I'm so fascinated and passionate in and it just getting it gets me so excited and i can feel so fulfilled in discussing this so with that being said let's dive in somewhere i i feel like a lot of the times we are so judgmental just out of subconsciousness and it's because of the surrounding influences that we cultivate ourselves around so i don't know if you've heard this saying before it's a really big saying that we are the five people that we surround ourselves with. And so at times, I see my friends who are normally super upbeat, seem really down, and I know something's going on, even if they don't want to talk about it. I ask if they've been doing something for themselves every day, just dedicating the time to prioritize themselves by doing at least one thing that makes them happy. And a lot of the times, we forget to do that. We forget to go outside and get our dose of sunshine for the day. We get caught up in the chaos and the stress 
we forget that we get to decide. We get to decide how we consume everything. We forget how much power we have to create the life we want to live. We forget to engulf ourselves in the present moment and enjoy the now. But it is so hard to feel like we have that power when we give it to everyone else in our lives. And then we have little energy left for ourselves. Or we could have gone and grown up in a family that didn't cultivate loving ourselves and accepting ourselves. Or we are constantly worried about how we're going to pay the next bill. Or if other people like us. Or if what we said was weird. Like, let me just tell you, okay? If you didn't already know, life isn't easy. (laughs) But with a change in perspective, life can be so much more beautiful than you've ever experienced before. By learning to love yourself, you become your biggest support system. You don't put up with the drama or the energy takers in your life anymore. You realize who you want to hang out with and who you could care less keeping up with. Some may have underlying guilt about it and feel obligated to hold on to those energy takers, but in reality, you have all the power and every right to say goodbye to those people who no longer serve your highest self. Why should you have to stay in a relationship, friendship, whatever it is, if you aren't happier after seeing them, if you don't feel good after being with them? There's no reason why society should put this guilt or shame for us wanting to prioritize our well-being and us learning to harvest our strength and creating the life we've always dreamed of. Like, we shouldn't feel guilty for saying, you know what, I had a great friendship with you, but now I just don't feel like after being with you, I feel good. And I think it's because deep down, we do care about the other person. We do feel bad making them feel part of the problem. We do feel some type of guilt in letting them go when we do love them. And I'm right there with you. Like, I've had that in the past. And honestly, I'm very proud that I did, you know, become more aware of like how I feel after being with that person. And then knowing that Maybe I shouldn't be around them anymore. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, be friends with them in general because I don't feel happy afterwards. And it sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't suck. But when we get mad at ourselves for trying to better ourselves, we're not having grace for ourselves. We don't supply ourselves with the extra support we need in order to break off that relationship because it's hard enough as it is to say goodbye to that person even in a relationship it's hard enough as it is I mean even a family member could be that person for you that you just have to stop seeing or being around and that is so difficult but when you don't provide yourself the support that you need to further that break off with them you're gonna be in your own way and 
you'll you'll hear some Italians in the background, which not gonna lie, I kind of love that for y'all. Um, but many may say that like my mind is in the clouds, but honestly, once I transitioned into this new mentality, I have only gone upwards, and I can honestly say it is so worth it, and I will never go back. Okay, anyone that makes me feel bad about myself. I ultimately become and show up as my biggest support system and then I'm able to take action by standing up for myself. But I've also learned to carry myself with love and light and communicate effectively so that way the other person doesn't feel like it's all on them or the other person understands where I'm coming from. Or I or I guess it's not or, it's more of an and. So, and I also don't feel as if I have this leftover guilt once I left that conversation, once I left that relationship, and I'm like coming up with like new scenarios of what I should have said or how I should have gone about it, right? Because it does, it does take a lot out of you. That is an energy drainer in itself to break that off, but it's for your future self and it's in the longer run that you're looking out for so i don't get defensive i don't act like i've been attacked but i do say that you know i may not have been appreciative of the way that like and this could be even just like things that happen in a relationship not necessarily just breaking it off but i comment about the conversation that you know made me feel and left like unhappy and I communicate and I provide that you know awareness to the other person of how their actions and responses made me feel whether they care or not because I want to be there for myself and people can't read our minds and sometimes they don't even know how like like what they said that hurts our feelings or someone else's feelings you know and even if it does feel like an attack on their character like I will never ever let someone else make me feel bad about being my truest self again by loving every trait and interest that I have I am able to embody the things I love in life and ultimately surround myself with people who love that about me and by doing this by cultivating this new life for myself, I have also been able to and continue to attract light energies, meaning people with similar interests or mentalities on life and like things that I want to do for myself, future goals. Like I'm able to surround myself with people that share the same things and people that support me for who I am and don't try to change me. But enjoy the little quirks and weird things about myself that I enjoy that they also love and enjoy and no matter how old we get there are constantly ways for us to cultivate cultivate excuse me cultivate new friendships along this journey of life and that sounds really cheesy but it's true like our whole life is a cultivation of new experiences and new people and we have these opportunities to create new friendships we don't have to 
only have the friends that we've had since childhood and we don't get to make any new friendships. Like you could be literally 66 and make new friends. My family, my parents, we've moved all the time. And so it's been difficult to hold on to friendships out of the state after like 12 years when we don't get to see them anymore because it's just, it's difficult. Things get, you know, in the way, life happens. And ultimately, like, I'm not trying to be on my phone as much. So texting people is just like hard to upkeep. And now I like, there are some best friends that I have in Tennessee that I will try to text every now and then, but I can't like text them every day and they don't text me every day. And it's nothing personal. I completely understand. Like we both have lives, but getting to know that I'm able to make new friendships through any new conversation I have gets me excited because I know that there's always new things ahead of me and there's always new relationships ahead of me. And I can constantly cultivate people who I want to surround myself with and accept things in life that are constantly bringing to me, finding how it serves me for my current and future self. And what I mean by that is by being able to be there for yourself, you establish stronger connections and relationships with others and yourself. And yourself. By doing these little changes, you create and sculpt a better you. It stacks up and cultivates throughout the development of who you are and will help you create the life you want to live. And like I've said in previous episodes, I love Halloween. And some people make me feel like Halloween being my favorite holiday is weird. But guess what? I have met some of my best friends that love Halloween. And I absolutely love being around them. And not only that, but we have so many other things in common too. Don't let others darken your light because they haven't been able to accept themselves for who they are. And if you don't like something about yourself, change it. Show up as your highest self. You get to design and mold yourself throughout your life. There's no reason why you can't start fresh every single day. There has been things that I have done on this trip that I'm like, you know what? I didn't like how I showed up. I didn't like how I talked to my mom. I didn't like how I acted in that situation. But you know what? Two things can happen. I can go up to them and say, you know what? I'm really sorry for the way I acted. I don't know why or how that came out. And I'm still working on myself. And I don't ever want to make you feel bad for being yourself. Nor do I want to make you feel bad in any way but I don't know what happened and I am gonna try to do better and by showing up and and obviously the conversation's over but I mean like by showing up fresh every single day I get to start over I don't need to like hold on to things that I've not liked about myself or things that I've done that I don't like because that doesn't help me Like, why would you hold on to that? You know, like it sucks. But guess what? You get to start fresh. And that mentality alone, too, has helped me out immensely.
I look at each day as a brand new day and a fresh start and it helps my mental health so much because I'm able to let go of anything that bothered me the day before and it allows me to get things done. I have a freaking fantastic day the next day because of it. And not only that, but I've really enjoyed journaling every single day too. And even the good days because I don't I don't want my journal to be connected with just bad days. I want to look back and see the good days as well. And sometimes I do scroll them. I'm not going to lie. And I realize and remember the things I did that I did forget. And it it does. It puts a smile on my face. And not only that, but journaling has prompted... Don't you love that? Don't you love the Italians? Well, but not only that, but journaling has prompted a deeper connection and trust within myself because it keeps me accountable by forcing myself to do it once every day, which builds a skill. It allows me to get everything off my mind and not feel so overwhelmed. It also allows me to figure things out and feel more in control of situations that were once giving me anxiety. And at first, it felt like, it honestly felt like homework. It was like, oh, yeah, I need a journal. But like, did I do it? No. But then once I started doing it and like creating monthly goals for myself, it changed the whole game. The whole game. I'm a completely different person from two years ago. And anyone that's super close to me knows that. And it's because of the different skills I've cultivated every single day that no longer feel like a chore. That get me excited to do that. And help me realize all the things that have been weighing me down. And once you write things out, it helps you feel so much clearer. Like, it's not all in your head anymore. It's not constantly, like, on your mind. It's gone. And it's crazy how something so simple can do that. But it's it, it works, I promise you. And like I said, at first it was really difficult, but I looked at prompts to follow on Pinterest that really made a difference. And I first started doing it in the morning and I honestly, I I feel like I set myself up for success. And I, by doing that, I was able to feel more productive and noticed I would get more done throughout the day and just just that alone like there's just so many benefits to journaling like I highly recommend you guys I highly recommend it's so simple and having a journal is kind of aesthetic not gonna lie like let me write in my journal for the day like and I also have a freaking amazing therapist and let's just be honest okay having a therapist is not just for quote-unquote certain people okay Having a therapist should be a priority for everyone. You find someone you connect with and you feel heard and it's not biased. It took me a long time to finally get a therapist and to find someone I like because there's multiple times where I'm just like, ugh, like I have nothing to talk about or ugh, like I'm literally not doing anything. Like they're having me do like in the moment stress and anxiety work, like looking at a corner and taking deep breath, like that's not helpful. That doesn't help my mind with things that I'm conflicted about and my actions I'm conflicted about. That I don't go to my parents or my sisters about because I don't feel like their energy 
matches my energy and not in a bad way, but not everyone's going to match your energy, right? With what you need. And with a therapist, when you like my girly, I love her so much. She has my energy. She has my mentality and it helps because I need someone who has that, that cultivates that within the therapy session and understands my goals and my needs and what I'm looking for in myself. And it provides a complete outlet that is untethered from all your connections in life. You know, you find someone you connect with and feel heard and, you know, it's a nervous feeling to, you know, possibly feel judged, but they don't judge you. And if they do, that's not who you want as a therapist. Get someone else, okay? But that, if you feel judged, like genuinely, but they're not actually judging you, that could be your inner self judging you. So you may not be liking the things that you do, and that's something that you should look deeper into and figure out why you keep doing it if you feel unapproving of yourself afterwards, you know? Because you can, you can change, you can change your ways, you can change your actions, you can change your perspective. Every single day is a fresh day. Don't feel like you're this person that you don't like. You have the power to change things. And therapists, they, they don't have biases. They hear you for you. They're able to provide you advice and ways you can show up as your best self because ultimately, that is all we want deep down. And when we feel proud of ourselves, we create a bigger connection and love for ourselves that we didn't have before. And let me tell you, that feeling alone is so unbelievably fulfilling. I do not need anyone's support but my own anymore. Honestly, still working on it and growing, but we have to affirmate the things we want. <laughs> I am always trying to become the best version of myself, and that means making mistakes and growing and becoming aware of my habits and energy givers or energy takers and the people I surround myself with. And the goals I have for myself and how I plan to get there and so on. Life is full of growth, but that is okay. That's okay because without that, we are stagnant and not moving anywhere. And growth is change. And change can be really hard at times. I completely understand. But I believe change is hard when we feel nervous and fear for the negative things that may or may not happen we can't read the future and just as much as we fear the worst we can also attract the best we deserve it we deserve it everything works out all of the payments you were worried about not making before you did all of the things that you didn't know if it worked out and it did and when things don't work out the way we want them to that is because something better is along the way that we could have never expected to. And to change your mindset and shift it to positive outlook is a journey, but it's possible. And if you want to attract positive shifts in your life, you have all the power to do it. It is so much easier 
to think of the worst and fall back into old habits and let ourselves feel like we aren't good enough. But let me just say one thing. Nothing worth it is ever easy. And I don't know who said that, but I do know that recently that has been one of my favorite go-to quotes. I always say that. It's so freaking true. I wanted to read more and I did. This year I set myself a goal of reading 24 books and I'm only five books away from accomplishing that goal. And let me be honest with y'all, I'm in a rut right now. I am. I, I haven't been consistent with my routine and my habits. And that happens. There's periods in our life, there's seasons in our life where we get that way. But every day is a fresh start. And I've been getting on to myself. I'm like, okay, I've been saying I'm going to do this. Like I told you guys, I was going to do this podcast and then I was already recording everything. And it was supposed to be. That's the thing. It was supposed to be before I was going out to Italy because I wanted that. I wanted to be ahead of the game. And I'm doing it now, literally four hours before y'all hear it. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy to me because I let myself go this far. That I've not done it every single day I was going to do it. And I really haven't read that much and I was trying to do reading every single day. That I was going to do an ab workout every single day of October and I've only done one. And it's October 5th. There are times where things don't go the way we planned it. And that sucks. It sucks. But there's bigger things in life that have things go the way that they're supposed to go. Okay? So not everything works out the way we plan it. But the plan, and I don't know what you guys believe. You can believe in the universe. You can believe in God. You can believe in nothing. Whatever you believe. I'm a firm believer that... Everything happens for a reason. That God's plan has aligned to the best that it's supposed to be for me. And the universe, God, for me, that the universe is always looking out for my highest self. And I may get off track, but it always tethers me back. It's like a magnet. It always goes back to where I'm supposed to go. And that may be confusing, and that's okay. You may not be there yet, but that's okay. But... What I'm trying to say is that things may seem so much harder than they are. And when we don't give ourselves the support and confidence we need to get there, that can make the journey so much more difficult and prevent you from getting to where you want to go. But one of my favorite tips that I've learned from one of the best books I've ever read, Atomic Habits. Oh my gosh, if you haven't heard of it, it's so good. It's a core book that helped me start this whole journey of becoming my better self and one of the parts is breaking it down okay making it easier on the day-to-day basis that provides an overall compounding effect and makes it so much easier to wrap our mind around okay and that may be like what so what what I mean is that what I did was set up a monthly goal for myself and I do monthly goals in general to hit my yearly goals my vision board And so, for example, I set a monthly goal for myself to read books. And what my overall goal, like I said earlier, was 24 books, okay, in a year. Wow. And how 
did I accomplish that? I read a chapter a day. And by reading a chapter a day, I prioritized my goal to dedicating myself to a much smaller obligation. And it really worked. I applied that mentality to everything I do. If you are, let's say, currently on the job hunt, by applying to one job a day, just one job, just one job, you can accumulate 30 job applications in a month. Like, that's crazy to think about when you make it look appealing and doable. You're able to be there for your future self and set yourself up for success. But the one thing is you have to prioritize it and make it a must-do in your day-to-day, okay? Sometimes life gets in the way, and by the time I get home from work, I'm tired, and I can read before bed, but I might not get a chapter in. Or I may go on my phone and get lost in the scrolling zone. Or I may put TV on, and then I didn't even accomplish my one a day. Well, then the next day, because I didn't make it a priority the first time, I subconsciously don't seem to find it important for any of the following days, right? And then what? I didn't hit my daily goal. I didn't hit my monthly goal. I didn't hit my yearly goal. Because let's be honest with ourselves, if we can't even apply it to just one day, are we really going to apply it to three or four or five in a day to catch up? Probably not. So when I wake up, I read a chapter right away. As soon as I wake up, I grab my book off my nightstand and I read. Now, I have to get out of bed now because I'll fall back asleep and it just helps me check that off my list, okay? But maybe applying to the job first thing after breakfast could set you up for success to accomplish that goal. Or what if you want to step outside as soon as you wake up and get fresh air and start your days off by doing that? Making it a priority even if you don't want to. By showing up for yourself when you don't want to, that showing up is what really matters. Because we push past that mental threshold and are able to achieve our goals regardless of what is going on in our heads. We are an observer of our thoughts. And I have learned that from one of my favorite authors and podcasters, Jay Shetty. It has helped me so much in being able to know that I am not my thoughts. So when I get past these thoughts of like, oh, I'll do it later. Or, oh, like, I don't need a walk for five minutes after working out. Or, oh, like, like I'm okay today. I'll do it tomorrow. It's the bigger picture that I want to explain to you guys is by pushing past that mental threshold It's not actually what we're getting over or creating for ourselves. It's the things in the future that life may present itself. Like like someone may die in your family. You may have a really, really close loved one that passes away. And you can't handle it. You can't take it. But things that you have mentally pushed and created and sculpted for yourself in the past have allowed you to now when that happens in your future be able to manage that emotion that mental threshold a lot better for yourself because of the things that you have done to help yourself help your future self it's a lot bigger than just 
working out or reading a book. It's this skill that we create with the mentality by almost like callousing ourselves, making ourselves mentally tougher to handle challenges that life's going to throw at us. Because like I said, life's not easy. We all know this. Life will never get easier. Life is not meant to be easy. But by being able to handle these situations in different, better ways, we become a better version of ourselves. We show up for the person that we do like. So anyways, it has helped me so much in being able to know that I am not my thoughts. When I get these thoughts that I don't like or have no idea where they came from, I remember and I tell myself, I am not my thoughts, but an observer of my thoughts. I do not have to associate my character and my being with this particular thought. It is not me. And by being able to just acknowledge that alone, I've been able to make massive shifts in myself and have more love for myself because sometimes we do have thoughts that are just like, what the heck? Like, where did that come from? Or like, I don't feel that way. Why am I thinking that? And just by associating them with yourself, you tether yourself to them and you, you know, kind of lose a little bit of respect for yourself or love for yourself because you don't like that about yourself. But here's the thing. It's not you. It's not you. Okay. Our brains are so unbelievably powerful and with everything we surround ourselves with and consume on the daily, there are thoughts that are there that have just come from these outside sources, okay? It is not you. It's life. And it can be challenging to remember that, but even by writing it on a sticky note and putting it on your laptop, your journal, your mirror in the bathroom, or even on your nightstand, just anywhere that you know that you will see it every day, will help you grow and provide yourself more peace in your mind and yourself that you need. And I know when I heard that the first time, it really resonated with me and has honestly allowed me to not have nearly as many thoughts from them, like that are unwanted that I used to. I I hardly have them anymore because I've disassociated myself from them. And it's while it's been a freeing experience, like, when you do get in ruts and you do kind of like fall back to old ways, you have to remember, especially myself, like things that I'm saying right now are things that I need to hear too. You have to remember that what you've worked so hard for is not gone. Like you have to pull yourself back out of whatever you are going through and kind of like, click on those headlights of the things that you used to tell yourself or things that used to mentality follow. Does that make sense? I don't think that was like English, (laughs) but I mean like you have to just remind yourself of all the things that you've learned that you you've liked that have helped you in routine changes that have helped you grow and it helps you get out of those ruts a lot easier, a lot quicker And it's life to fall back into old ways, into old habits. It's life to feel like crap sometimes when we have no idea why. But by having these skills, by having these like abilities that can adjust where we are and get us out of it a lot quicker is awesome. 
it's it's honestly the best because I'm able to uh, accumulate and kind of like cultivate these things that do make me feel better in my days that kind of help me get out of those mental ruts or help me get out of those moods and tizzies or help me put myself in an environment that does make me feel better, you know? And it's not like I go backwards just because you are in a rut or fall back to old habits does not mean you can't keep going forward. Healing is not a straight line. Growth is not a straight line. There used to be a wallpaper I had on my phone and it was growth is not linear and it was like hills and this person was like, I think in the middle of the hill, like, you know, towards going down the hill. I don't remember, but that's not important. What's important is knowing that like there's hills in life and we're going to go down, but knowing that we're going to go back up is something that should help push you to keep growing and to keep becoming the better version of yourself and not give up, okay? And it can be really challenging. And that's why I suggest writing on a sticky note, right? So I highly recommend that. And while that's, while that's said, let's talk about affirmations, I have found affirmations to be so powerful. And at first, it was just like a confidence boost and fake it till you make it. But once I started noticing a shift in my mindset through the use of daily affirmations, I noticed a shift in my life. And I give affirmations such power for that now because I find them truly motivational, uplifting, and even a way for me to magnetize the life that I want for myself. And many people in life will try to shame you into thinking of such in-the-clouds thinking. But honestly, who freaking cares what others think? Because if I'm happy and confident in who I am, then I could care less what others think. Because obviously I'm going to keep doing things that make me happy and provide growth into becoming the best version of myself. Like, duh. Haters are going to hate and taters are going to tate. And if I protect my energy from being affected by unwanted negativity, then I'm doing pretty damn good. I brush it off and honestly start my day over if it gets to me, right? Like it could be in the middle of the day and I have to like breathe it out, okay? I have to like rant it out. And sometimes I feel like I don't like talking about people. I don't like drama, not me. So sometimes I'll, if I don't have my journal, if I'm at work and someone just really pissed me off, didn't treat me the way I deserve to be treated, talk to me in the most disrespectful way. I will find like a space that no one's at and I will just like rant it out, let it out, you know? You're like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe they just said that to me. Like, why do they think that's even remotely okay? Like they are so ignorant, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm just like irritated and frustrated and just letting it out because I don't want to hold that in. Holding it in is not going to help me move on with my day. I got to let it out because once you let it out, why do we talk? Why do we rant? Because we feel better. We feel like once you let it out, then you can move on. Okay. Just like journaling, you let it out and then you can move on. And sometimes we don't have that, but I'm just trying to get to the point that like giving yourself the space that you need 
to let something out helps you move forward. And by talking myself through it, I'm able to be my own support system in that moment and then get back on course, okay? When people say, I have such an unrealistic way of looking at life or unrealistic way of thinking, it used to get to me. It did. It used to get to me. And the thing is, it was such a struggle. Like, people would say, like, you just have an unrealistic way of thinking. And I'm like, being positive is not unrealistic. Being confident in affirmations and trying to magnetize the energy that I'm trying to attract in various ways of perspective is not unrealistic. And it's worked out for me so far. And it's been really great. And I don't need to be around that person that doesn't support my beliefs. Doesn't mean they need to have the same beliefs, but not supporting my beliefs is not okay. And if you don't support it, you don't have to talk about it, you know? Like, don't make someone else feel crappy for their way of thinking. Like, that's never okay. But, anyways... I brush it off and honestly again start my day over I forget about that person and what they say and if something does bother me I talk to myself but some things I may say go down like this like why did that bother me so much well maybe because you think you aren't being realistic but it's been a source of happiness for me thus far and everything always works out for me so why wouldn't I believe in it you know what you're absolutely right keep doing you boo and then I feel so much better And by talking myself through it, I'm able to be my own support system in that moment and get back on course. I look back at how far I've come and I'm so unbelievably proud of myself. I've done so much. I've become a world traveler. I've developed a podcast. I've gotten my degree. I financially support myself. I find new ways to grow and be there for myself. I make and accomplish goals I've created. I'm just so happy. And it's through all of the things I've shared with you. Well, not all of them. I have also learned how much I love and find a massive giver of energy in nature. Nature growing up was gross. There are bugs, ticks, and mosquitoes. There's dirt. It's hot and humid, etc. But... There's also birds and bees and sunshine, sunsets and sunrises. There's flowers, the aurora borealis. There's beaches. There's ecosystems. There's whales and sharks. There's butterflies. There's swans. There's fruits and vegetables. There's waterfalls. There's volcanoes. There are colors unimaginable that is naturally on our earth. There is grounding and peace. There is wind and rain. There is fall leaves and crisp air. There are pumpkins and groundhogs. There is snow and morning dew. There are mountains and islands. There are bees and clovers. And I know I already said bees, but I love them. I could go on and on. And quite frankly, I have. (laughs) 
But nature is so much more than we really look at it. The energy frequencies that everything has in nature and how it affects our mood, the properties that it has and how it can create a release in dopamine and serotonin in our own bodies is literally so crazy to me. The way that everything in nature is key to our survival and provides us food to sustain ourselves is so amazing. Apples, oranges, lemons literally grow on trees. All the animals and fish and pet stores come from the wild. Formations in the earth occur from natural weather conditions or natural shifts in our continents from heat and gravity. Literally forms of energy. There are so many detailed connections between why species are built the way they are and how things are created the way they are and is so finite and specific and it blows my mind. Information by projectbeak.org. A duck's beak is surrounded by small comb-like features which may look like teeth built structures are actually a sifting-like structure known as lamellae. And these are formed by their mandibles, the upper and lower jaws. And this enables them to filter out their food like bugs, fish, and plants from mud or water. Acting as a literal sifter, like a filter. Another fascinating fact is that manatees and sea turtles actually graze on seagrass beds. No animal will ever take more than the ecosystem can provide. So they don't graze more than like a haircut, okay? So they act as an ecosystem's natural lawnmower and promote further growth in the seagrass beds. And this is not a change in their physical structure, but rather a trait that they possess. And it's something that I've always thought was very cool. So instead of uprooting the grass, they trim it and it prevents it from overgrowing, which maintains the ecosystem's balance. Something else, sharks are actually vital to coral communities. They prevent cleaner fish from overpopulating and left unchecked corals and the whole ecosystem could collapse. And cleaner fish are grazers that's why they call them cleaner fish they they clean the algae the natural algae that corals rely on for a source of food they maintain it from overpopulating bacteria but if the cleaner fish get out of control and overpopulate themselves they could kill off all the algae that coral rely on to eat and so each species in the food web of all ecosystems has a serious and vital part in balancing these communities and when we overfish or like uproot grasses or use various you know like um like fertilizers and whatever else like sprays that like kill bugs or kill plants or whatever else it affects these ecosystems it unbalances them like it causes problems it can drastically change the population's level in bees in a certain mite or or worm or or beetle or whatever else and 
when we leave things alone, it maintains itself. And I feel like no one's educated on this unless they're interested in it. And it really affects our environment. And while I'm on a roll, okay, while I'm on a roll, mangrove forests provide two times as much oxygen and atmospheric filtration than tropical rainforests. And if you don't believe me, seriously look it up. I encourage each and every one of my listeners to not believe everything I say and actually use it as a way to further educate oneself and do the research to learn more about our planet. And you may learn things that I may not even know and I would love to hear more about. They also filter mangrove forests. They also filter the ocean's water and act as a carbon sink, meaning they use carbon to grow. And so they extract it both from the air and the seas, the ocean. A double whammy, we love it. Mangroves provide a fish nursery for juvenile fish and larvae like crabs and sharks and hundreds of thousands of other fish species. And they also stabilize sedimentation and act as a coastal buffer, preventing coastal erosion and slow down coastal disasters like typhoons, hurricanes, major wave surges, etc. In addition, they are a major source of food for larger species, such as crabs, rays, birds, manatees, and other marine megafauna. And according to the Coastal Resilience Organization, they provide an economic value of $15 billion every year. Billion. B. $15 billion. That's literally insane. They contribute to ecotourism opportunities and, and provide us so much more than most people are even aware of. I even bet some of you listening to this right now have never even heard of mangrove forests, but now you have, and I love that for you. They're one of my favorite ecotourism opportunities that I'm actually going to save up for next after this trip is one of Missoul's conservation initiatives, the Missoul Marine Reserve. So that is in Raja Ampat, Indonesia, and it is a no-take marine protected area that is now developed into a resort as well so you can travel to this reserve and be on this resort and contribute to ecotourism opportunities that essentially contribute to funding the protection and overall um, continuance of maintaining this reserve and protected area and that may sound like just a bunch of words to you. So essentially, by paying to stay there, you help them continue to upkeep this area for sharks and manta rays and various other fish species. And ecotourism alone, according to WebMD, can fight poverty, empower local indigenous communities, create employment opportunities, promotes conservation, it generates revenue, it hosts communities to use this revenue to invest in the natural resources that attract tourists. It contributes to education and awareness, and it provides the opportunity for systems and ecosystems to continue to be balanced without the altercation of anthropogenic factors. And you're like, whoa, what? 
Anthropogenic. Here's a new word for you to learn today. Anthropogenic factors. Anthropogenic means human. So human-related factors. So essentially things that we do that alter our environment or ecosystem, nature. So littering, pollution, climate change, anthropogenic factors. I'm so glad you guys learned that. It's really not that hard of a word, but it sounds so intelligent. Oh, good for you guys. So anyways, Misool. So Misool is about 300,000 acres now. So five boroughs of New York City combined is what they say. Um, It's a 15-person team cultivated of local rangers, which many of them were former shark finners. And shark finners are a huge problem. Huge problem. They capture sharks, they slice off their fins and throw them back in the water. And sharks, when they can't swim, like I've said before, similar to manta rays, they suffocate, they die. And when they don't have their fins, like that's just a lot more than just them not swimming, okay? That's a whole lot of damage to their body, their overall development, everything. It depletes the population in sharks. I mean, sharks take a long time to mature and then reproduce. I think they only have like one baby every three years or something. It's insane. It's insane. Also, not what we're supposed to talk about, but whatever. Um, They have patrols using, you know, fleets and boats and radar surveillance to prevent fishing so with it being a no-take zone you can't fish for sport you can't fish and then you know throw the fish back you can't do any of that Um, because I grew up fishing with my dad but fishing can affect them can hurt them can kill them Um, and it sucks you know you may be like well I'm still gonna fish that's fine but in these specific areas I'm just informing you that no-take zones you, you can't do any of that. But the result has been a 250% average increase in biomass over a six-year period. That's 25 times more sharks on Mitchell Reefs than there were 10 years ago, and that also includes manta rays. And not only that, but on the outside of their reef, their reserve, fishermen can also like notice a huge increase in fish so outside of this reserve you can fish and they have noticed such a big change in population so they're they're being able to thrive they're making money their their jobs are being able to be sustained and and there's a lot more provided for them by protecting and funding these ecotourism and resorts so by protecting and cultivating, you know, awareness and um, all these different habitats and ecosystems, we're able to benefit from that in a much greater return than if we lost them or by using them in a not sustainable way because sustainable at the end of the day means sustaining. So creating a a play-by-play that allows you to futuristically see benefits and, and you know, continuous return. And by not being sustainable, you're using resources at a faster rate than can be supplied. 
So sustainability isn't just like a hippy dippy thing. It's being smart. It's using resources effectively and efficiently. So with that coming to 58 minutes, I'm realizing that we're doing these episodes a lot longer than intended, but I love these conversations with y'all. I love telling you guys and talking to you guys about these things. So I hope that this conversation was very insightful and interesting and you took away something from it, at least one thing. And I hope that you guys listen to this all the way because I know it's a long episode, but maybe even just starting and stopping, not what I intended, but if that works, it works, you know? So with that being said, have a fantastic weekend and a great upcoming week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on your notifications for our next drop every Thursday. I am going to do another drop next Thursday. I'm excited. I think I have a lot to talk to you guys about, even while I'm in Italy. Um, So... Follow me on Instagram at gabrielle.brown and email me with any questions, insights, things you want to talk about at the happily living podcast at gmail.com. And I will leave all the links and information that I used below so you can further investigate for yourself. Ciao. <laughs>